Amanda Seals show. I am Amanda Seals, and I'm rocking out right here with Mr. Jeremiah, Mr. Jeremiah, <laughs> like the Bible. It's time for us to get into today's show. Uh, but first, we have a call. Hey, Amanda, my name is Natasha, and I'm from Kansas City, and I just want to say that, baby girl, keep doing what you are doing. Your last, your last episode with Tiz Madison was everything, girl. I'm a trans woman, and I'm black, and I have so much of you and her, it's crazy. That was, like, two of my faves, like, OMG. The transness of Tiz and the blackness of you is everything, and I'm Jamaican, so I just think you know, the, 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 Carib- the Caribbean-ness of it all, of how we really don't give a f- Girl, you are a national treasure, baby girl, and we love you. And keep doing what you're doing because we see you. We see you. Those of us who see you, we see you. Thank you so much. That. that was lovely. She was talking about the latest episode of Small Doses Podcast featuring T.S. Madison, Side Effects of Living Out Loud Part 1. We actually are dropping Part 2 today, wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you check that out. And shout out for just calling, just giving us some good vibes. People love the episode. And part two is even better. I mean, <laughs> Jeremiah, you keep saying part two is like... Well, because there's the Patreon exclusive, no? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, this, and you know, we, rare, we it's usually just for Patreon, but right. we're, we're giving it to the people because it was that good. It is. It, it is. is. And you know what? This show is also that good. It is. Shout out to everybody joining us here at The Amanda Seals Show. We are here to give you the facts and to give you the laughs and to give you some black urine news. And if you want to get on the air like yo girl who just called us, give us a call at 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. All right, Jeremiah, what have we got this hour? This hour, we're talking about an Alabama mass shooting that no one seemed to be talking about, Amanda. <sighs> so we go talk about it here. At the of course. Um, also, Pusha T's wife, she said she felt like an oddball. And we'll tell you why she kind of felt out of place. Okay. Plus, we're going to head to the group chat to find out, does an apology equal accountability? <gasps> And of course, we got to know, Amanda Seals, how black do you feel today? All that's coming up on the Amanda Seals Show. All right. Now, keep it locked right here. You know what it is. Listen, laugh, and learn. It's the Amanda Seals Show. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here with a slight headache. Which makes me feel like I need to drink more water. Yeah, probably. I'm going to do that. And while I'm doing that, Jeremiah, get us into the Black Year News of the Day. Will do. So on Saturday night, gunfire erupted at a Sweet 16 birthday party in Dadeville, Alabama, which killed four people and injured 32 others. And some of them are critical. So this happened last week, Amanda, and for whatever reason, the mainstream um, news outlets have not really been reporting it until like recently, unfortunately. I mean, are we surprised? I guess the reason why I was low-key surprised was because, I mean, at this point, I feel like we we are inundated with mass shootings. But mm-hmm. I think what we're seeing now is them deciding when it's a mass shooting. And uh, when it's not. And when, well, when it's victims that they feel like are ah. worth uh, acknowledging. On so a like, large scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this was a party, a birthday party. It was in a, it was a Sweet 16 birthday party that was in a dance like a dance studio. A dance studio. And from what I read, there was a word that got around the party that said, hey, somebody in here has a gun. Correct. They got on the mic at the DJ booth and was like, hey, if you have a gun in here, like this ain't that type of party, like head on out. Right. And shortly thereafter, gunshots started fighting, started blaring. But it wasn't, to my understanding, it wasn't multiple gunshots. Right. I, like I think that's multiple the, guns, I mean. Right. I think the uh, police are still, there's people are 
are still at large. The yes. They're still trying to figure out what happened and who had And guns. why? They do know this. It was a handgun that was used versus okay. like a assault rifle. Right. Which is probably how the, it got into the party with no yes. one noticing. But to your point, I think we, I think we look at um, the topic of like gun violence, particularly now around like school shootings. But we forget that there is so much gun violence that happens in our communities, not just like in schools, which is one thing, but especially in poor communities or um, communities of color, there's like a whole other um, gamut of gun violence that no one kind of like talks about in the same way on the mainstream stage. The mo- the point that I wanted to bring up with this story is one, that we lost four lives. You are, including the young lady's brother. Yes. Um, who basically saved it was. her. Yeah. Because I guess when they're, when the gunfire started, he pushed her down um, to get her out of, out of the line of gunfire. And unfortunately, he lost his life. And I do believe that because this was a private event and it was black people, that it just wasn't considered the same type of mm. mass shooting, even though four lives were lost mm-hmm. and there was no uh, criminal like there was no evidence that this was like a gang related incident right. or. They couldn't like sensationalize this. It's, it, there was no like, oh, this happened. There was this gripe. There was a big fight in the party. And it, it, it's, yeah, it's really unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. And again, it just continues to, to remind us the pervasiveness of gun violence that we are existing in in this country and that it often feels like there really is no safe place to be. Uh, so want to send our love out to the families of everyone who lost their lives, as well as the 32 people who were injured, some of them critical. Mm-hmm. Including people, her mother, who got like straight bullets. Twice, two mm-hmm. shots. So this is, again, a story that needs to be told and given just as much attention. Um, and this happened at somebody's sweet 16 birthday party. So her birthday will now forever in her mind be a reminder of not only her brother's Murder, mm-hmm. but of also just carnage and tra- tragedy. <sighs> y'all, it's a doozy out here. It really, really is a doozy. We'd love to hear from you all. One eight five five Amanda eight. Why do you think there hasn't been an arrest? Why do you think that this story hasn't been covered? Why do you feel like it really has been kind of swept under the rug? Give us a ring. One eight five five two six two six three two eight. That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. When we get back, what do we got? We're going to talk about Pusha T and his wife and why she kind of felt a little bit different being a rapper's wife. Also, we're going to head to the group chat to find out, does an apology equal accountability? Hmm. Does an apology equal accountability? Yep. We got to talk about that. We do. We do. Right here at the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. It's the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals here with Jeremiah Like the Bible. And uh, we got more Black Era news for you. That is right. So Pusha T, the rapper, him and his wife have become like a, a hot button topic as of late. <laughs> because she, were, she was answering questions on her Instagram. So Virginia Williams is his wife. And she made the statement, if I'm being honest, initially, the only thing hard about it, speaking about being a rapper's wife, was the fact that she felt like she was an eyeball in the room because she didn't look like a quote unquote rap girlfriend or wife. She said, I used to feel awkward amongst women who had a fake ass, bodycon dress and cake face. But for a while now, I thought I'm way cooler. And people are like, mm. they've had mixed feelings about it. Some people feel like she was taking jabs at rapper's wives. She was being secure. Other people felt like she said what she said, Amanda Seals, and she should stand on that. I mean, I do think that's an interesting response to that particular question. Um, but, right. the, but but people are like 
very upset. Like there's like, I feel like a lot, I mean, people are always upset about something. It's the internet. People are going to find something. Yes. But the response from a lot of people has been, they feel like she is trying to say that she's better because she doesn't have an augmented body. I think some people feel that way because that is a conversation that happens in culture, especially online where people are like, well, where are the real women at who don't have all these augmentations and all these like fake boobs and fake booties and fake noses and I think people kind of like feed into that conversation. So I think okay. she kind of got kind of caught strays from that okay. overall conversation. But okay. I think if this, this is your experience, it's your experience. I mean, I think she has the right to speak to that. I mean, I think there's also a version of this. It's just perspective, right? Like mm-hmm. you can also read it. Cause I know when I read it, I didn't read it in that tone. I read it more so like, Oh, it's important. Yeah. I read it more so like, if I'm being honest, <laughs> initially the only thing hard about it was being okay with being the all ball in the room, not looking like a rapper, quote unquote, girlfriend, wife. I used to feel awkward amongst the women who had like a fake ass, body con dress, cake face. But for now, I I thought I'm way cooler. Like, that's how I right, read it. Right. I mean, I think cake face is kind of strong. Cake face is strong. Cake face strong. is strong. It's strong. It's strong. It's, it's low-key shady. It's like a little jab. It ain't like a direct jab. It's like but little... I don't know. Okay, so here's the thing. I also don't know, like, is cake face a jab? When I think of cake face, I think you're trying to, like, shade somebody's makeup. I've never heard that used in context ever. So really? I don't I don't know. It's like if someone doesn't know that you beat her face, if they don't know that context, right, 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 like they right. may not realize this is a compliment. Well, I think about it, people be like, oh, her makeup looks cakey. So that's like, that's not a compliment. <laughs> so okay. Her okay. cake face. All right. So Maybe they were mean to her. Could be. I mean, or there could be an idea of like the perceived. Well, let me tell you, when I was on Hip Hop Squares one year, okay. uh, one season I was doing Hip Hop Squares and the other women on there was like Erica Mena, uh, K. Michelle, Pretty V, uh, B. Um, Simone. B. Simone. Okay. Um, who else was on there? I think uh, like T.I., like there were like other men on there. Right. But like when I went into the debriefing, like nobody talked to me. Oh, it was like cold air. It was girl. really cold air. And I was like, oh, my God, this feels kind of mean, girl. <laughs> and I thought it was like, you know, you ain't you ain't down with the cool. Right. You know, the chicks who be out here with the body contrasts <laughs> and the booty <laughs> like you like I felt like I was maybe like too square. And so I was kind of, I was keeping to myself and they was keeping themselves. And like K. Michelle was sitting next to me and then B. Michelle, uh, B. Simone came up to me and was like, girl, I just want you to know I love you. And I was like, what? And she was like, I love you. I love you. And then Pretty V, you know, they always roll together. Right, so Pretty right. V comes up like, yes, girl. And I was like, what? I thought y'all was like, you know, standoffish. being standoffish. Yeah. And they was like, no, we just knew you smart and we didn't want to come up and say nothing stupid. And I was like, what? Then K. Michelle turns around and is like, I'm a fan. See? See? Shaking the table. I think sometimes we walk into a room, we have our own like preconceived notions. And insecurities. And insecurities that we kind of project and don't allow the opportunity to connect with people because we Mm -hmm. feel like, oh, they think this about me or people feel the same way. This person says this about me based on how they look. And you know. The best we can do when we walk into those spaces is have an open heart, open mind, Mm -hmm. right? What is my favorite quote from Paulo Coelho? Trust everyone, but never sell your sword. So come in, you know, with an open mind. If someone comes at you sideways, you know what to do. Put a sword. Or a flat. Wrong, wrong. (laughs) Chop a style. That's what you do. All right. Chop a style. Well, We've come to our verdict. Yeah, yeah. Shout <laughs> out to Pusha T. His shout wife. out to Pusha T and Jenny. All right. What do we got next? 
Coming up next, we had to send a group chat, Amanda Seals. Well, that's it for Black Hero News, right? That is it for Black Hero News. Okay. So, you know, we hit the Alabama, we hit <laughs> pop culture, and now we hit some, heads to the group chat to find out, does apology equal accountability? Mm. That's a very important question that happening in society. Now I want to know your thoughts, Amanda. Yes, I got thoughts. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Talk to me, baby. Pulling out my phone. Talk to me, baby. Pulling out Talk to me, baby. Call me Hit those phones now. 24-7. Make sure you call us up 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. It's group chat on the Amanda Seal Show. Welcome back. It's the Amanda Seal Show. I'm your favorite comedian and common sense specialist, Amanda Seals. And I'm here. <laughs> Amanda. Uh, like, uh, okay. <laughs> Amanda Seals. And I'm here with Jeremiah like the biblical. Yes, that is true. That yes. is me. So we got to jump into the group chat. We do. So the question of the day, Amanda, for the group chat is. The question of the day. Does an apology equal accountability? Does an apology equal accountability? That's people, a heavy, heavy. Yes. Because people, like, I apologize to you. I did this thing to you and I said I was sorry. And so, that should be enough. We should move on. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think there's a version of that that is that works, but depends on the level of the offense. Right. There are levels to this. <laughs> yeah. Like, you accidentally bump into me. You say, my bad, you keep it moving. Mm-hmm. But, like, you steal money from me. Uh, I don't know that we're just going to do it. I'm sorry. I just thought I mean, that, you know, it was going to be fine. You know, I might have to like beat you up for you to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the apology and accountability are actually two different things. I think sometimes we mistake an apology as accountability. Right. But right. a lot of times people just be saying, I'm sorry. And don't mean it. Well, they don't even know what they're saying. I'm sorry for that part. So like me and my mom, you know, we've been going through our own journey with just like the parenting of an adult child. And Something that we talked about recently was just how there have been times in the past where my mom will like apologize for something, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't even really know what she's apologizing for. And I think I I finally was like, are you, do you feel like in the past you've been apologizing just to smooth things over? Because you know that that's the thing that I would want to hear. Or do you feel like it was like you actually did have an awareness about your actions and how they could be a problem? Mm -hmm. And she was like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) anytime they get quiet, they like, okay, Mm. you might be on to something. Because my mom has gone to her first therapy session. So also I want to say to everybody out there, especially those of y'all who were responding to the side effects of parents episode of my small doses podcast. Like there were a lot of folks who were just like, my parents will never go to therapy. I know they need to go They're They're not healed. And it's affected our relationship. And a lot of people were like, your mother is never going to go to therapy. She's never going to go. She's never going to go. Well, baby, she, she went, she went and she went because I feel like, of course I had created a boundary and I put my foot down. But I think at the end of the day, what I'm seeing so far, so good. What I'm seeing is that she's like, oh, like this is beneficial. Like right. I can actually learn from this. And um, that's one of the things that she was talking about, that she was in there talking about like the apologies and accountability element and how you really can't move past. That's true until you actually take accountability. For and or until the peer person, you know, what's the other thing that be happening to what? You're wanting an apology from somebody, but you're not letting them know what you actually need from them to feel like they've been accountable. Okay. So to that point, this reminded me of like, you ever heard of the apology languages? So like you have love languages, but they're also apology languages. I've never heard of the apology languages. So here are the five. Expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, genuinely repenting, and requesting forgiveness. Those are the five. So depending on the um, thing you did... Depending, also, depending on the person, that determines like how they want you to apologize in order for you to, you know, move forward 
Because so, sometimes it's just saying like, I'm expressing regret. Like, hey, this happened. I didn't mean and, for it to happen. Right. right. Making restitution. You stole my money. Pay me back. Don't restorative restorative justice. <laughs> right. Restorative justice. And sometimes it's simply as just like, can you forgive me? Sometimes it's about- Can, can you, you forgive me? Right. And I might say no. I might. And you have to be okay with that. You got to just take that to the chin. Because some folks want you to be like, yeah, I forgive you. And then they're like, like, how could you not forgive me? I requested it. Well, you requested it. So that means I can say no. Deny. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. What does someone have to do to make you feel like they really get the apology or like they really understand what they did? What does accountability look like to y'all? Because listen, it looks very different to everybody. And I think some people also need to step up what accountability should look like. Some of us are letting apologies just fly. And then the same thing is happening to us over and over again. Again, 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 again. again. <laughs> so give us a ring. What do we got coming up next? Coming up next, we got to check in with each other, Amanda Seals. We do? We got to find out how black do we feel together. Mm. How black am I going to have to get? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So that's coming up next on the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Yes, yes, y'all. It's the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals here. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Amanda Seals on TikTok and all that good stuff, as well as on YouTube's mm-hmm. at Amanda Seals TV. Jeremiah, where can they check in with you at? They could check in with me at Jeremiah Like the Bible. The whole thing. Not just Jeremiah. It's literally Jeremiah Like, like the, the Bible. Bible. All those words. <laughs> all those letters. Well, it's time for us to check in with each other to find out how that Black, do you feel today? I feel as black as that lawyer who was in that that uh, courthouse yesterday <laughs> during the YSL case, <laughs> and he said, "Cap to the judge." He definitely did because we talked about it on yesterday's show a little bit. And as a as a young black person in society, they always trying to get you to like be something else and conform, or or say like certain things aren't professional. Yeah. I think the ability to go into a courtroom, which is like one of the most places with the most decorum, the right, most pompous right, circumstance, right? With your juris doctorate, with your suit, yep, into the judge that's kept, with your whole chest to keep <laughs> on going. I, I feel that it's like unapologetically black, and I love it. No, it really is, and especially when we've seen the way that courtrooms have undermined AAVE mm-hmm. and turned it into like language that is not valuable, mm-hmm. that's not valid. Like when we look at the testimony of Trayvon Martin's friend right. who was on the phone and they basically tried to say that because she talked the way she talked, they, her testimony was not legitimate, mm-hmm. you know, that she wasn't intellectual enough or it just wasn't, it didn't hold enough merit. For him to stand up there and say, you know, actually, uh, that was cap right. <laughs> and keep moving. Like it holds way, even way more weight than just the comedy of hearing. Just like I wonder if the judge even caught like even <laughs> no. caught in his head like, wait, that was cap? But like, he was like. The judge was probably like, I don't have I have no idea what that means. I don't know what that means. Uh, well, I how black do I feel today? <sighs> uh, I'm weary. <laughs> I'm weary. I feel uh, I feel like. The judge throwing the book at me black. That's how I feel. Just like, bop, 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 bop. (laughs) That's how I feel. (laughs) You know, okay. I do not know the full story of what is going on with Jonathan Majors. Right, right. And I don't believe that anybody does because it is a legal case. Right. That's still pending. That is still pending. But I just saw that he was also dropped 
from some Texas Rangers ads that he was a part of and that he was dropped from an upcoming movie that he was cast in and he was dropped from like another thing that he was. And I'm just like, okay. So all these like preemptive like drops before the smoking gun comes out. Like there's nothing that has kind of happened yet. There was, there's been no like no court date that's been. Well, there hasn't even been uh, an actual, like, has he even seen the judge? No, I think they, he's supposed to go in like May. So. so for me, I just feel like there's something to be said for the fact that he is being seen as guilty before proven innocent. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of, you know, white folks that have been me tooed three, four, five and six, you know, Casey Affleck naming one of them who like was actually nominated for an award, like on the heels of his um, allegations. And again, some might say, well, no, you know, there's other people that have said that he had, you know, may have been abusive to other people. But again, none of these have been um, they haven't been tried. They haven't been corroborated. So I just think it's a situation where we're seeing a brother who is being like trotted out and it's on the heels of him being a hugely visible star. Right. I mean, I think the obviously the court of public opinion also like exasperates those things. Like they tire it out. Like everyone has their own two cents and something that becomes like, like you said, a pending case has all these he says, she says, they get added into it. And it's kind of like, let's just wait till the people go to the courthouse and get all the actual information. And let me tell you, when they drop him from these contracts, they're able to hire somebody else and pay them less. Oh. Yeah, because, I mean, he's at the top of his game right now. So it's force majeure. They can drop him and they may have to. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they can drop him without having to pay him because it's a morality clause. Yeah. So, you know, I again, I don't know the story, but I know the story of Hollywood and that if they have any opportunity to sacrifice a black person, they will take it. They will absolutely take it. And it is how black I feel today. How black do you feel today? Give us a ring. one 855 amanda That's 1-855-262-6328. When we come back, Texas House has passed the Crown Act. Mm-hmm. Also, we got your big up let down. Amanda hey. Seals. All, All that, that and more coming up on the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the Amanda Seals here. Welcome to the Amanda Seals Show. Thank you for listening. I hope you've been enjoying yourselves. And if your day hasn't been going well, I hope that it gets better now that you have stepped into the building with me and mm-hmm. Jeremiah, like the Bible. Also, I want to shout out all my creatives because it is National Poetry and the Creative Mind Day. I've actually been thinking about re-releasing my poetry book that I put out, that I self-published Ooh. in 2000 and I guess that was five in Wise Mind, Old Soul. We love us spinning a block on an old chick now. Hold on. Listen, so that's something I'm thinking about. Like, hmm, I wonder if I can re-put that out. Uh, but more importantly, it is also National Cat Lady Day! And you are a cat lady, Amanda. Meow, 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 I can't, meow. I can't corroborate that, that you are indeed a cat lady. Total cat lady. I'm currently, my pajamas this week are cats dressed like astronauts. I didn't know that even existed. <laughs> My mom got it from the Kennedy Space Center. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, who was putting cats in? How do you feel about cats? 
Um, I've never had a cat. I mean, I, I, I like cats. Okay, because you know some black people really are like strongly opposed to cats. I mean, I dated somebody one time who had a black cat because he was like, he felt like no one ever adopted black cats. It's true. No, it's not a feel. It's a fact. Right. So he he purposely went and bought. Oh, we like him for that. He must have been whack though. No. Oh, it just didn't work. Yeah. Okay. But we like him for... He probably thought I was wet. But I wasn't. I was. (laughs) I was like, accountability (laughs) from a Gemini? (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Well, what do we got coming up this hour in Black Hearing News? Coming up, we're going to talk about the Texas House. They passed the Crown Act Amanda Seal. It's a big deal. Very big deal. Also a big deal, the WGA writers, the Guild of America, they voted to strike. So, y'all might not have on TV shows in a minute. We're going to explain what that really means. Also, the Big Up Letdown is coming up soon. Big Up, Big Up. Letdown. Going to give out some props to someone for some dopeness, and we're going to hand out some blows for some whackness. So, stick around and find out who's going to be the recipient of both. Remember, if you miss any of the show, all you got to do is go to wherever you get your podcast and type in The Amanda Seal Show, and boom, you're going to get it just like that. All right? And if you're like, oh my God, I haven't had enough Amanda. I haven't had enough Amanda. Remember, you can always go to my Patreon, The Amanda Bird where mm-hmm. you get extended content from my podcast and from the other content that we do on YouTube. You also get behind-the-scenes footage of events, and we just put up my uh, kitchen remodel. Yeah. So if you're into that type of thing, you can also check that out. It's really dope. We're really proud of what we got going on at theamandaverse.com. So check that out. All right? Maybe I'll even put up some cat pics. You know, you since it is national. national Cat Lady Day. All right? It's the Amanda Seals Show. We'll be right back. I guess I should say y'all because we're gonna talk about Texas. This we is are. this is Amanda Seals. How y'all doing out there? We are here at the Amanda Seals show. About to drop in and give you some black news via Jeremiah like the Bible. Indeed. So, in case you have not been in Texas, the Texas House overwhelmingly passed the Crown Act, which is a bill that seeks to ban discrimination based upon certain hairstyles, so braids, dreadlocks, twists, in schools, workplaces, in housing, apparently. Housing? Housing. They discriminate in the housing now, too. You can't even wear your hair and you know how you want to in your housing place? Get out of here. I mean, we do know that, you know, you're a homeowner. There's been, like, racial discrimination oh, well, yes. in housing. So, I'm sure, yes. like, the way you present often determines it whether or not you get that house or not. Or, or how your these. house is appraised. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the thing. The ways in which black people are continuously having to still try and convince white people that we are us, we you know, <laughs> we had to have a hair law. <laughs> this is bonkers. Why? Why, why, why? You know, I'm really happy to see that this has made it through the house. Of course, in Texas, it still has to go through the Senate. It still uh-huh. has to get signed on. And we already know that's its own feet mm-hmm. if it happens, but I'm really glad to see it even get this far. I was actually fired once for my hair. What? Yes. Not I, in America. In America, baby, in New York, Ooh, okay, which also, which, which actually passed the Crown <laughs> Act. Um, but I was in New York. I was going to, I was working at Heartland Brewery. Okay. And I mean, it was a restaurant, mm-hmm. literally like a Times Square restaurant. And I remember I had this, uh, I was a hostess. And my manager, he didn't like me from jump. Like, he just didn't like my look. Like, I could tell that he was just bothered by my whole existence. He was a really stuffy gay white man that was just like, "Mm." (laughs) so Amanda, so what are you going to be doing with your hair? And I was like, this is what I'm doing with my hair. Anytime they ask you to do your hair, that's like low key. That's high key. High key microaggression. Right. Because this is what I'm going to be doing with my hair. What you see is what you're going to get. 
So I worked there for two weeks and then he said, I need to wear my hair differently. And I said, why? Because I was wearing my hair like this. I mean, it was out. Yeah. To everyone who's listening, my hair was out and curly. You know, if you follow me on Instagram or you've seen me anywhere, my hair be out and it's not like crazy. Right. It's It's groomed. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, your hair is um, actually getting in the food. What? Why are you lying? Hell no. Mm -mm. He said my hair was getting in the food. And I was like, okay, so let me just understand this. When I'm walking through the the dining room, my Mm -hmm. hair is jumping out of my scalp. Right. And landing in the food. We don't believe you. You need more people. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. Cut it out. Also, we always know that when we see hair in food, what does that hair usually look like? She's usually straight. It's usually like mm-hmm. white hair. Yeah, it's usually white and wavy. Yeah. Okay. So I basically said, okay, uh, I came in the next day and I had to meet with the managers and they sat me down and they started to talk real slow. And I was like, I'm going to just pump the brakes on this real quick. If y'all about to fire me, let's just do this because I got things to do today. But how they also identify that it was your hair? It's like there's something. No, there, no, you, you're go- <laughs> Jeremiah, my hair was not in the food. Right, that's all. That, like, so you're 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 already trying to make something <laughs> rational that's irrational. My hair was not in the food. He just didn't like how black I presented right. in this restaurant called the Heartland Brewery. You get it? I got you. Yeah, I got you. I mean, I feel that. I mean, I'm someone who has blonde locks, so I'm I'm definitely fighting a power with you. I mean, I, I purposely kind of did it. Like, what's the most black hairstyle I could get? And locks, I think, are pretty black. I mean, and your locks are actually, like, organized. It's not right. like you out here with Jay-Z's, you know, faux Basquiat look. But even with that, please. <laughs> <laughs> but even with that, I think pe- there's a perception people have of you. Like, obviously, you know me as an individual, but when people see me, I'm sure they have a perception of me. Dope boy! Hey! <laughs> YSL! And it's like, if you met me, I'm the furthest from <laughs> that, that And this is why we should not profile mm-hmm. based on hair. So shout out to the Texas House for getting this across the... First phase, and hopefully it will get to the finish line because we've seen countless stories of children having to cut their hair off in order to graduate, cut their hair off in order to finish a wrestling match, cut their hair off in order to attend school. It's nonsense. Cut it out. (laughs) Unintended. What do we have coming up next? Coming up next, we'll talk about the Writers Guild of America, their vote to strike. Also, we're going to talk about your big up let down. (laughs) You go talk about it. We go listen. Mm -hmm. Coming up next on the Amanda Seal Show. Don't move. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Where y'all at in the world? Hit us up, 1-855-AMANDA-8, and let us know where you're listening from. This is the Amanda Seal Show. I am your favorite comedian and common sense specialist, Amanda Seals, joined by Jeremiah Like the Bible. Mm-hmm. We got more Black Eared News. We do, we do, we do. So the Writers Guild of America has passed a strike authorization vote with 97.85%. Damn! <laughs> Wait, wait. 97.85%. That's crazy. Voting in favor of giving union leadership the power to call a strike once the contracts, their contracts expire on May 1st, if the union can't reach an agreement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television. They said, we ain't coming to work. We ain't writing no more scripts. I also saw that the uh, Writers Guild of the UK, of mm-hmm. Britain, has also like shown solidarity. And they're like, oh, yeah, that. we think that y'all should strike too. They should, because the streamers are making more money. So the reasons why this strike is happening. So for everybody who's listening, you're probably like, I don't understand what y'all talking about. The, the, writers, writers the Writers Guild of America is the union that is the membership for all the writers of your favorite TV shows and movies. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it really is a great uh, union in terms of protecting and trying to make sure that writers get health care, you know, that they're getting fair wages, et cetera. But there's been a lot of changes within the past few years with these streamers that have really, really crippled writers' abilities to, like, have a career in writing within this industry. So that's what the strike is really about, is that they haven't been able to reach an agreement with these producers and create, uh, and these networks and these studios to create changes that reflect that. So for instance, one, there used to be 22 episode seasons. I remember them. For these network shows. And there used to only be four and then five networks. It was ABC, it was CBS, it was NBC, and then they added Fox, which is the fourth. And, you know, then you started getting the cable shows, right? WB, WB, CW, et cetera. Well, baby, those 22 episode orders, that used to be your life now. You get to, that's your career, you know, you get your break between seasons, et cetera. Now, they're barely ordering six episodes. You watch some shows, like five episodes, you're like, ooh. How did we do this? Now, what happens, though, is that some might listen to that and say, like, what's the big deal? That means you get to be on more shows over the year. But what happens is that when you sign those contracts, a lot of times they have exclusivity deals Mm -hmm. that say that you can only write for one show. So it's like, okay, I can only write for one show, but this show only writes for six episodes? Right. So it's probably like eight weeks, maybe, if that. And then I'm done for the year? Also, Amanda says, how easy is it to, how easy is it to get a job on a TV show? Like, can you just go to the down down the hall? And be like, hey, y'all. See, hiring? and that's the other thing. It's 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 very difficult to get a job on a TV show. And what's supposed to happen is that you're supposed to get leveled up every mm-hmm. time you get a job. So you're supposed to start at the bottom, and then every time you get a job, you level up. But now these days, because they are also doing this other thing where they're shrinking the writers the room. writers rooms, mm-hmm. there aren't enough roles in the writer's rooms for people to be able to level up. So before writer's rooms used to may have like 12, 16 people. Now these have what's called mini rooms. So it'd be like six people. These folks will figure out a way to cut that, cut them costs. Cutting the costs, which also means that people then have like multiple scripts that they got to write, but they're also not getting paid more money. And then the final thing is when it comes to like residuals and royalties. Right. So when you had a show on a network, it was like, okay, it's going to air for a season. It's going to get air one time. And then if there's a syndication deal that gets done where the show gets bought and now put in syndication so it's in different markets to be reruns, then you get paid for all those syndications. More money. Well, now on a streamer, the shows is being watched all however long it's available for. Mm-hmm. And there's no limitation and the writers are not getting like paid per watch. So I say all that to say I support the writer strike. But what it means for all of y'all is that you're going to have a lot of reruns. Uh, your favorite shows, depending on how long the strike goes for, your favorite scripted shows is not going to be having like re- new episodes. Right. And this is also when this happened in 2008. This is when we saw the birth of reality TV. Yeah. That's all we got. That's all we never got a real in and a girlfriend. Correct. Because they had that writer strike. Correct. So, you know, I think it's... um. I think it's a necessary thing that needs to happen to protect creatives and it's going to have some repercussions. And uh, when you're looking for something to watch and you can't watch anything new because the writer's strike is happening, you can check out Amanda Seals TV on YouTube. <laughs> That's correct. Because we're not going on strike. We're not going on strike. So make sure to check us out. But that's that. And I just want to keep y'all in the know because I think a lot of people don't understand how like the actual industry of the work that they like to watch works. Right. They think, it just, it just pops up on the TV. Ta-da! The whole process. Like, are your shoes, are your favorite shows? They got green lit. That's supposed to come out. 
pause. And our writers are for me. So let's hope that if they do go on strike, it's going to be for a very short amount of time. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. Keep it locked right here. We got the big up, let down. When we get back, don't move. It's the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. It's time for the big up, let down on the Amanda Seal Show. What's up, y'all? We're back here at the Amanda Seals Show. This is your boy, Jeremy. I like the Bible. Joined by Amanda Seals. Mm-hmm. You know what time it is? It's time for the Big Up Let Down. That's right. <laughs> It's time for the Big Up, Big Up, Let Down. Today's Big Up, Big Up goes to Damar Hamlin, who has officially, tishly been fully cleared by doctors to resume football activities. Yay! After his near-death incident, he is finally going to be able to come back to the field. He's been given the green light to be active after seeing three specialists who all agreed he recovered one. 100% physically, according to Brandon being the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. He said, and I quote, he is fully cleared. He's here. He's in a great headspace and to come back and make his return. I mean, this is huge. And he's practicing with the team. Okay, that's good. That's good. He's practicing with the team. So for this crazy scenario that we all saw play out on national television where this man almost lost his life on the Scary. field to now less than a year later, be able to be back and um, getting on the field, it is a miracle, and we are so happy, and we just are, as somebody who couldn't give two dams about football, I do care about a brother's life. So right, we are really right. giving that the, up, up. from a real place today. And he was giving out those machines to the schools. So. Yes, he was giving out the defibrillator machines to the schools, basically because apparently this happens to quite a few right. students every year, student athletes, and the schools don't have the equipment to bring them back to life in the way that he was able to be brought back to life on that field. Correct. Today's let down. Today's let down goes to people calling Chance the Rapper a cheater for catching a dub at Jamaica Carnival. <laughs> I find all you need to understand what carnival is. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, the man is a married man, mm-hmm. okay? He's a married man. He has children. He's all very much about the wife and thing. And so we see video... With a man chance the rapper. He is pushed up against a woman who winding up, winding up, winding up. But let me tell you, there's another woman in front of she who winding up, winding up, winding up. And what that does tell you is that this is a whole wind up, wind up atmosphere. All right? It's a community of whining. It's a community of whining. It's a winery. And I'm not talking about Rosé. Okay. What people need to understand is sometimes culture is not your culture. And so you're trying to apply your situations to these situations as not the same thing. When I see Chance Dong there in Jamaica winding up, so I still watch him in the festivities. He's getting done with the people. And I find that there's people here that really don't know how to have fun either. And they also are so hypersexualizing the puritanical American BS of thing. You know, America, afraid, afraid, afraid sex, but everybody having sex, we. That is true. That is correct. It's a very real thing. They freed it. They freed it. They freed it. But then you find, oh, this politician who are over here saying sex, bad, 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 all of that. Then you find out that he the one over here with all kind of child porn. And maybe he over here with a dominatrix mm-hmm. and all kind of thing. Eh? So I find it doing a rock in a glass house. And them shards is sharp, sharp, sharp. So 
are giving a let down. Let down. To all you who are out here trying to say that Chance the Rapper is cheating because he winding up in the video. Okay? He had enthusiasm. He did a little smack smack on the Bamsi. And I don't find anything wrong with that. What I think people need to understand is this is Bacchanal. Okay, this is a festival of love and wine up and music. And you know, Jamaica is not even known for carnival like that, you know. Really? No, 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 no. Jamaica is not no big carnival time like that. You want carnival, you're going crop over in Barbados, okay? Mm. You want carnival, you're going Trinidad. You want carnival, you're going Grenada! Jab, jab, posse! All right? So, I find all you need to bite your tongue. And next time you see something in Carnival and you say, oh, whoa, watch them. They're doing all kind of this and all kind of that. Ask yourself, what were you doing when they was playing Uncle Luke in the club? Oh. Okay. Because I find that you may not have been winding up, but you was talking it up. It's the same thing from the same place. Mm -hmm. Africa. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, then. That is today's. And that was the. Before that. This is the Amanda Seal Show. We're going to come back when we come back. All right. I hope to see you there. That is correct. We have your calls. Give us a call at one eight five five Amanda eight. That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. Your calls are next on the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up. We up. We up. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. It is your boy Jeremiah, like the Bible, and I am joined by Amanda Seals. Mm-hmm. Amanda, the people be calling us. Yes, they do. And if you want to call us, hit us up at one eight five five Amanda eight. That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. And yesterday we talked about how did you meet your mate? And we have a caller who wants to tell us their story. Hey, Amanda. Um, I was just calling to let you know that I actually met my spouse. He was a former client of mine. Um, I happened to be in Costa Rica at the time when he became a client. And my employee actually um, handled the business for him. And he actually had to come back as a repeat client. And um, I went and assisted him um, at a mosque. And then he, like, sent me a message, wanted to kind of ask me out. I was a little hesitant, but I went out um, with him, and it went really fast. We got engaged. I have a baby, and, like, we're still up. <laughs> so I just wanted to share it with you. So from client to husband, thank you, God. Um, definitely a prayer that was answered, time because I am not in these streets anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. I hear you, sis. Listen, sometimes it bees like that. It is, but I'd be scared when work when work in But she pleasure. said former client. Okay, that's true. That's she true. said former client. And maybe she probably learned something from him, like learned something about him when she was working that's with him. That's true, that's true. You have like, like an inclination. He knows how to act, he's professional, he also, paid on time. Sometimes a client like shoot they shot. Like you at work. You ever been there working? Somebody try to like holler at you. You like I'm at, I'm at work though. Yeah. But they but they opened the opened the uh, space. Right. So you are like okay now we not working together. I can spin the bed. <laughs> Spinning the block. I'm telling you. you got Big to. fan of the block spin. Huge. Huge. Let us know more of your stories of when you met your love. We mm, like this. And we, story. you know, we love black love, especially. So call us up 1 Amanda 8. That's 1 262 I'm excited for the next hour. Yes, next hour. We have more black your news. Go play a little skit with y'all. You know, speaker Sexton down in Tennessee. Tennessee. We take them to the chamber, y'all. Mm-hmm. That's coming up next on the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up.
Um, right here at the Amanda Seal Show. <laughs> Jeremiah, why are you laughing? Up and Adams is just funny to me. Up and Adams, Jeremiah. Do you have any um, morning rituals? Wash my face. Um, I have a whole skincare routine now. I'm one of the skincare people. Okay. All right. And I have like morning affirmations that I read, like I'm being Mary Jane. Okay. I started like getting up in the morning. I do a headstand for three and a half minutes. Ooh, my head hurt. Just think about <laughs> I do a headstand for three and a half minutes and then I stretch. Ooh. I also stretch. And then I go in the sauna for 20 minutes. Well, actually it's 30 minutes now. And I watch an episode of uh, the Avatar, The Last Airbender. I mean, you have time. I, yeah, I sit there and I watch that. And then I take a cold shower because it releases the endorphins. But uh, once upon a time, I used to wake up to music. And one of the albums that I used to wake up to on a regular basis because of a certain song on it was Nas's Elmatic, which was released in 1994 on this day, April 19th. That's a lot of energy in the morning. Elmatic? Whose like world rapping. is this? The world is yours. I mean, I think rap music in general in the morning is like a lot. It's like, oh, it's hot. Yeah, but energy. 90s, 90s rap is a different vibe. 90s rap is a different vibe. Weird. And let me also say rest in peace to the jazz virtuoso Ahmad Jamal, whose sample is used on Whose World Is This? And it was sampled by Pete Rock. And that album uh, is classic. And we just lost Ahmad Jamal this week. So make sure that if you really want to be up on your hip hop and your samples, go and get your research done on that okay but you don't got to research what we got coming up next because we're going to tell you mm-hmm. like your news coming up this hour in breakler news we're going to talk about speaker sex thing we're taking them to the chamber amanda seal we're going to take them to the chamber you know what happens in the chamber right Ooh, mm-hmm. i'm scared i'm scared okay also make the stallion breaks her silence on the tory lane's guilty verdict so mm. we'll talk about that Plus, we had to find out why you created Smart, Funny, and Black, Amanda. Yes, I've been talking about Smart, Funny, and Black. We got our show May 18th right here in L.A. And uh, we would love for you all to get your tickets to Smart, Funny, and Black because, of course, it's going to be a bomb show with mm-hmm. Wayne Brady versus... Jaleel White. It's going to be massive, massive. And But I feel like a lot of people don't know like why I started Smart, Funny, and Black or like how it even came right. to pass. And so, they got a little show going on. They like, she over here with the show, with the music, with the band. But what's the truth? What's the story behind it? They yes. don't know that part. We won't get into it. And more. So keep it like right here to the Amanda Seal Show. Remember to give us a call, 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. We'll be right back. y'all this is the amanda seals show i am amanda seals joined by jeremiah like the bible and uh so i'm getting some blackberry news yes amanda so there have been so many calls for house speaker cameron sexton of tennessee to resign because he's been dodging scandals mm. so i think we need to take him to the flow amanda i think we absolutely need to take him to the floor because you know what this is the same person who was running his mouth mm-hmm. trying to do everything he could in his power to expel the Tennessee three, and now they back up in the mix. Back in there. So we decided we need to take it to the floor. Speaker Sexton, it's time to answer some questions. All right, audience, the members in the balcony, there's to be no disruptions from the balcony. All right, so Speaker Sexton, it's been reported that you have listed your district address as a property in Crossville. Mm. But according to property records, that house was sold back in October 2020 <gasps> before you purchased a condo <gasps> nearby 
in Nashville. Now, you see, here's the crazy part about things, because you can't represent Crossville mm-hmm. if you live in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. thing about it is that they say there's an actual law that says that wherever your family is residing, wherever your wife and children reside, is mm-hmm. actually what is considered to be your residence. Oh. So if there's no home because you sold it. In 2020. And now you're living here in Nashville with the kids and mm-hmm. the wife, then mm-hmm. it sounds to me, Speaker Sexton, it sounds to me like you live in Nashville. You got to answer. You got to answer for that. All right. Please refrain from disrupting the proceedings. Well, I mean, I had to say something. All right. Speaker Sexton, it's also claims that you claim members' expenses for those people who live more than 50 miles from Nashville. You may have overcharged your Tennessee taxpayers as much as $78,000 since 2020. Oh. Now see that that's not that that can't fly. Can't fly. Because now you did a whole thing where you were talking about how these brothers and this woman were, they were dis, uh, disrupting the decorum. It was dishonorable. They can't stand for this in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. While, meanwhile, you are stealing from Tennessee? Put him under the jail. Put him under the jail. So for the third time, please refrain from disrupting the proceedings. Well, Speaker Sexton... It's also been said that you're facing accusations of infidelity <gasps> from Brian Nakunian, who's a Nashville-based trial lawyer, who said in an April 8th tweet that you had a mistress and you prefer blinds. Oh. And he didn't name the mistress, but he said he knew her personally. Okay, well, I have seen reports where the mistress is actually named. I saw Mm. a picture of her. She is blonde Mm. and she's a lobbyist. Oh. So there's also some conflict of interest going on right there. So Speaker Sexton, I'm trying to find out from you, why do you think it is appropriate for you to be out here starting all this mess with these three folks that are trying to speak for the people? The people. When you over here robbing from the people. Stealing. Okay, you lying to the people. liar. Okay, and you lying to the I don't know, Jeremiah, but Speaker Sexton, you got some answering to do. A lot of answers. You know what? We'll be right back here at the Amanda Seal Show. I think we did that. We did. Get out of here. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. It's the Amanda Seal Show. I'm Amanda Seals here. What's up? Jeremiah. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> we in Black Red News, Amanda Seal. We are in Black Red News. Shout out to our last skit uh, about Speaker Sexton. I was really proud of that. We put I was that together. Too. I was. <laughs> we took y'all into the Tennessee house. I hope he enjoys it when he hears it. <laughs> <laughs> what we got going on? I think we're heading down to Houston. We are because Megan Thee Stallion, she finally is breaking her silence after the Tory Lane's guilty verdict. So in a new essay for Elle magazine, Megan expressed that She likes to be identified as a survivor rather than a victim. She wrote in part, I overcame the public humiliation of having my name and reputation dragged through the mud by that individual for the entire world to see. And she also says that she fell into a depression so bad that she almost reconsidered continuing her music career. I mean, listen, I think it was it's one thing to just go through this whole situation, but then the public experience of it is the next level. And she also talked about how just watching like her peers do memes Mm -hmm. and lyrics and tweets, et cetera, about all of this really made her really disheartened. And I can imagine this is something that 
most people would never experience even the incident itself, right. let alone experiencing it on such a public stage. Right. I think for, cause for her, it's her real life. For everybody else, it's like pop culture fighter. It's like, we Listen, can make memes, we can laugh about it, we can joke about it. This is a real thing. And also, when it's happening on like the interwebs, mm-hmm. people forget it's happening to a real person. That is true. Because you're so caught up in like the joke of it all. It's like, oh, this is attached to a person. You also get caught up in like the uh, sensationalism of it all. Mm-hmm. It feels like a TV show. Yeah. When I got kicked out of that Emmys party because the chick was whack um, who kicked me out, I was talking about it on my Instagram and my actual friends were like watching me talk about it on my Instagram, but like not reaching out to me like Mm -hmm. you good. And when I talked to them later about it, they were like, yo, it was like I was watching a TV show. Like I really forgot that it was actually happening to you. Because something about when something becomes like a headline, it's like, oh, now it's media. It's 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 entertainment. It's yeah. not actually happening. Versus if I, if I had called you and you're like, hey, I like you at this party. It's like, oh, this is a real life interaction between yes. me and my friend. Um, so, I mean, I think that's something that we're just experiencing in this new era of social media, mm-hmm. in this new era of everything being everywhere. Even just people feeling like they should know. They right. should know all the facts about everything. And it's like, okay, super sleuth. <laughs> Like, it's not, you're not involved in this. Well, even now in the age of the quote-unquote journalists, everyone giving out false facts to kind of skew perception about who they like or they don't like, so. Oh my God, the false facts is crazy. And people just like inserting their own opinions, like right. where, the, where no one asked them to. You know, I think that's the type of thing that also made her feel so isolated. Like, why are we listening to 50 Cent have an opinion about what happened with her? Like, I know when I saw Sarunas like throw up a little tweet, like she wasn't invited to the party because no one likes her. It's like, right. nobody asked you. You're not even a series regular on the show. Well, well, Keep it quiet. I mean, but you've experienced that where there's like, there's the perception of what's happening. Yeah. But you know what actually happened. And it's kind of like, there's distance between those There's so things. much distance. And I can only imagine for her, that distance is leaps, bounds, and body yaddy yaddies. It's crazy. <laughs> so, but you know what? She made it to the other side mm-hmm. and she gets to tell her story. And if she's smart, she's going to put it in a book, baby. Or put it in the next album, at least. Nah, know. put it in a book. You You're going to make longer sales. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, get, let's get book sales, not streams. <laughs> listen, these streams ain't streaming no more. These streams You're right. You're right about that. <laughs> well, that's it for Black Urban News, man. Coming up next, I'm going to break down why I started Smart, Funny, and Black. Oh. I feel like a lot of people hear me talk about Smart, Funny, and Black all over the place, but they don't really know what the impetus was and how it came to be. And I think it'll be an interesting story for y'all to check out. So I'm going to share it when we get back to The Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Hey, y'all. It's me, Jeremiah Like the Bible, and I'm joined with Amanda Seals on The Amanda Seals Show. Crazy. And Amanda, you have another show, right? Called I do. Smart, Funny, and Black. Yes. That's going to be at the Novo, May yes. 18th. Yes. Here in L.A. Yeah. I'll be listening. You I'll be do. Listening. But what I want to know is how did this all come about? You know, we see you posting about it. You got clips with Keenan Kill on the gram, clips <laughs> with Method Man on the gram. But where did this all start? So a lot of people don't know that Smart Funny and Black actually started in New York oh, as wow. a stand-up show. Oh. And it started because I used to do comedy at this venue in New York that asked me to have, they, they offered me my own night. They were like, hey, like you can have your own show Fancy. on Saturday, on like one Saturday out of the month. And they were like, well, what would you want the audience to be? Like, kind of like, what's the vibe of the show? Mm-hmm. And this venue had like a really like white bro-y kind of like finance guy vibe. Wall and I just, situation. yeah, okay. yeah. And so I wanted to bring in something different. So I said, you know what? I want the vibe to actually be smart, funny, and black. Like, you know, that's the energy. You know what? I should just, I should just call the show smart, smart funny, funny, and black. black. So that was how it started. 
And I actually started it with Mark Lamont Hill, who you can see on the Grio and who has been out here just having a lot of common sense for quite some time. Right. And that's one of my really good friends. And so me and Mark started doing Smart, Funny and Black because a lot of people don't understand Mark is one of the most ridiculous people in the world. Like he's really? hilarious. Like Mark, so serious with his suit on. I know, but he's a fool, <laughs> like a whole fool. I'm not even exaggerating. And so it was like, okay, this gets you an opportunity to like show a different side of yourself because people right. always see you so serious. But like, you know, you be having jokes. So we would do the show and I got to bring like real, like various comics to the show. And it was also about the fact that black comedy was really relegated to this like one sector of comedy. And it was mm-hmm. like, if you didn't do comic view style comedy, then you were kind of not seen as a black comic. You right. just were seen as a comic who happened to be black. But it was like, nah, like there's a lot of black comics who don't do that type of comedy, but still want to talk to black audiences and really like have a different approach to their comedy. Well, because even every black audience isn't looking for that style of comedy. Well, you know, they think we a monolith. So I was like, you know what? We're going to like switch it up. So we did that for a few. We did a few shows here, uh, there in New York. And then I moved to LA. The Great Migration. Uh, the Great Migration. But when I moved to LA, me and Mark like fell out of touch. I don't know what was going on with Mark at the time. He was on some bullshit. <laughs> So we, so we didn't talk for like a year, two years. Like we literally did not talk for two years for like no reason other than he just like dissolved into the ether. So that was Mark Lamont Hill, like fading out. And then when I was here in the, in LA, I learned about comedy with a catch. Okay. So basically everybody in LA had these like comedy shows that had like a twist. Oh, a literal catch. Okay. Yeah. Like it wasn't just stand up. It was like the wrestling stand up show. There was like strip stand up. Okay. So strip stand up was like, <laughs> you had to take off a, a garment of clothing if people didn't laugh at the joke. Like, and so like the goal was to be fully clothed right, by right. the end of the show. Interesting. Then there was like, um, they're trying to set them tickets. They say, like, listen, there was all different types of shows and it was called comedy with a catch because in LA, the idea was people were trying to get their, sh- their comedy shows like picked up as TV shows. Oh, so it's a different whole like vibe and energy. Yes. Gotcha. And so I started thinking about smart, funny and black. And then I also just started thinking about the fact that like, I wanted to create something that had meaning mm-hmm. and substance. And it was like, Oh, wait a minute. I already have like, a degree in African-American studies and I loved games and I was watching all these people with these shows that were like comedy with the catch with games, but it was like, how can I like do that with comedy and knowledge and create like edutainment? And so I started like putting together this idea in my head and I invited some friends over and we like workshopped it. And it was like, you know what? This could actually work. We'll begin And then the way fate would have it, I was at a show at this venue called Nerd Melt, which was a venue behind a comic book store. And I was just talking to this chick backstage and she's just a white girl. And we just hit it off. And we were just talking about how whack our fathers were and just bonding <laughs> about that. And then at the end of the night, like someone came and like handed her something and turned out she was the manager for the venue. Interesting. And I was like, hey, uh, I have this idea for a show. Do you think I could do it here? And she was like, absolutely. Of course. We bonded over our fathers. Mm-hmm. We're here now. And so we started doing Smart Funny in Black in 2016. The first show was Sam J versus writer Ben Corey Jones. The second show was Quinta Brunson versus Trevon Free. And the third show was Lil Rel versus Tiffany Haddish. So and you had this all was the goats before they was the goats. Baby. So Smart Funny in Black, we are, as you can tell with just those names, we are a institution. Incubation. Yes, we're institution. 
institution and we're an incubation place for like some of the greats. And also we're a home base for the icons. And so that's why you'll be able to see Jaleel White versus Wayne Brady on May 18th at the Novo. Get your tickets at AmandaSeals.com. You're going to be a part of a legacy. Well, when we get back at Amanda Seals, we're heading straight to the phone lines. Take y'all calls. So stay tuned for more of the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. This is Jeremiah Like the Bible, joined by Amanda Seals. We love taking y'all phone calls. You're always able to join the conversation or just say hello by calling us at 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. So we've been talking about how y'all met y'all partners. And we have another caller who has their story. Hi, I'm listening to your show on 100.3 WRMB in Philly, and you made a comment about spin the block. I have to agree with you. I was dating a guy. Well, not really dating. I was kicking it with a guy in 1993, and then we went our separate ways, and he reached out to me back in, I think, 1997, and he approached me like, yo, I realized that, you know, you were the one for me. Um, I messed up, and... (laughs) I consider myself the type of person who's like, I'm not looking back. However, I gave it a shot and we ended up getting married. And here we are in June (laughs) will be our 21st wedding anniversary. So, yeah, spinning the block might be a good thing for some people. So thank you for sharing that. It definitely worked out for us. We love it. 21. 21? That's big. Spin the block. He said, you the one for me. You're the one for me. Should I spin the block to the guy who had the black hat? Yes. No, he wasn't the one. He was cool, though. But he was not the one. You know what? That's the other thing you got to know. Like, are you spinning the block just to spin just it? Just to spin it. Like, who can go through the rubber deck? Like, who can I, I mean, I've absolutely done that. I mean, you know what, though? Now that I say that, that's kind of where my mindset was with Devon. It was like, who else is there to call? Let's see. <laughs> Sometimes that'll do it. And it turned out he was the one. And then it turned out he was the one the whole time. So in 21 years, you go call into the Amanda Seal show. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know how it worked. I will let y'all know how it worked. <laughs> let us know how y'all's relationships work. We love hearing these these uh, how we got together stories. Mm-hmm. I really love it. It's like there's so much darkness going on in the world. It just injects some joy into the show just like that quick. So thank y'all for sharing them because we love when we get to have a moment here at the Amanda Seals show. Give us a call. 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. What's coming up next? When we come back, politicians say the darndest things, Amanda. Oh, don't they? And we're going to talk about that. Also, we have 60 second headlines. Plus your big up letdown. All that and more coming up next on the Amanda Seals show. Mm -hmm. The Amanda Seals show. We up, we up, we up. show. I'm Amanda Seals here with Jeremiah Like the Bible. And shout out to everybody who's been watching SWV versus I keep saying versus SWV and Escape. It really was versus. It it was kind of versus (laughs) the Queens of R&B because I was just singing you're the one for me and then I remembered like oh I've actually been watching the show on my Patreon. Mm -hmm. So if you like my reactions, you curious about what I think about what's going on in that show which is a lot. So much. Because you're like binging it right? I'm binging it because I didn't watch it in real time so now I get to see the beginning to the end and you get to watch it with 
with me. So okay. if you enjoyed the show or you enjoy my expressions or you enjoy both of them, then baby, come on over to my Patreon, theamandaverse.com, so you can get into it. All right? We about to get into some Black Eared News before we get out of here. What's going on? Come up this hour, politicians say the darndest thing. Yes, sir. Like, it's always something crazy out of the box. You never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that this hour. Also, in case you missed it, we have 60-second headlines coming for you. Bless your big up let down. All of that is coming at you right here at the Amanda Seals Show. Remember, you can also check us out on social media at Seals Said It, okay? Mm-hmm. Seals Said It. Follow us, join the conversation, all that good stuff. And uh, if you're listening, I actually go on Instagram live to record these shows. So if you want to see a little behind the scenes action and see how me and Jeremiah are really putting it together with the team, then you should check us out every night. I'm not going to tell you the time. You just got to be paying attention. Turn notifications on. Right? Turn the notifications on for real. But it's time to listen, laugh, and learn because it's the Amanda Seals Show. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show and it's time for Politicians Say the Darndest Things. So today we have 48-year-old Republican representative from Georgia's 14th district, Marjorie Taylor Greene, on climate change, Amanda. Here's what Marjorie had to say about climate change. If you believe that today's climate change is caused by too much carbon, you've been fooled. We live on a spinning planet that rotates around a much bigger sun with other planets and heavenly bodies rotating around the sun that all create gravitational pull on one another while our galaxy rotates and travels through the universe. Considering all that, yes, our climate will change and it's totally normal. That is how these politicians be sounding when they say this nonsense. Well, Marjorie got her bachelor in business administration from UGA. So I'm pretty sure she was taking on science classes. And it sounds like it based upon that description mm. of Just pure foolery. And like she says these things all the time and everywhere. Everywhere. Without any irony. It's like a kid, like a four-year-old. Yes, like a four-year-old. Hey, Ma, you know what I heard? You know what I thought? You know what I saw? You know what I think? No, we don't know any of that. Well, you know what? That just is another reminder that you don't have to have any level of degree to be a politician. Mm -hmm. So if you're out there, or intellect, if you're out there and you really just want to be there for the people, you can do that. Or just hang out at the the Senate. And come up with stupid bills, Mm -hmm. because we're going to talk about that tomorrow. George Santos coming up with a Nicki Minaj bill. We're going to get into that tomorrow right here at the Amanda Seals Show. So we love y'all. If you think that that was as foolish as we think it is, hit us up 1-855-AMANDA-8. When we get back, we got 60-second headlines. Plus big up late on Amanda Seals. Yes, we do. On the Amanda Seals Show. It's crazy. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. Y'all know what time it is. It's time for 60 Second Headlines. In case you missed it, we're filling in. All right, let's get into it, Amanda Seals. Story number one, hearings are resumed this week on a proposed Ohio legislation aiming to preempt an effort to enshrine abortion rights in Ohio Constitution by raising the bar for the constitutional amendments before the abortion measure goes to the voters in November. So in layman's term, what they're trying to do is they're trying to add something into the Ohio uh, Constitution so that when y'all get to vote, 
on abortion, you can't enshrine it in Ohio's actual constitution. Mm-hmm. So pay attention, Ohio, if you're listening, because they're trying to do something slick, and y'all better get out there and speak against it. Next! A homeowner in Hebron, New York, killed a 20-year-old woman after her vehicle pulled into his driveway on Saturday night. The victim, identified as Kaylin A. Gillis, was killed after at least two shots were fired at the vehicle. So this is now the second story that we've heard of a homeowner being spooked so much so that they pulled out a gun and just shot indiscriminately at whoever they saw. This time, it was a blonde white girl. So you know that the next time, if it's a dog, they really gonna lose their minds. Yikes. All right, next story. Parties announced Tuesday in court that Fox News settled with Dominion, averting the defamation trial over its 2020 election lies. The settlement between Fox and Dominion voting systems totals to $787.5 million. Man, this was gonna be the chance to see Fox go down in flames! But instead, Dominion said, let's get these dollars. And so all that talk about, no, this is about the truth. They were lying is out the door. It was really about the money. Speaking of money, up in New York, Kathleen Karate is the newly appointed New York City rat, rat czar, the first person to hold the position aiming to address a swelling rat population, and she will earn a salary of $155,000 a year. Now, is she going to start the rat czar with the actual rats, or is she going to start with the police? Can we get a pig czar? Listen... Because, baby, they're infesting folks in a real way and causing harm in a real way as well. You know what? That is today's 60 Second Headlines. That's it. When we come back, we got your big up let down with Amanda Seals. All that and more coming up next on The Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday. We covered a lot of stories here at the Amanda Seals Show. Jeremiah, we talked about the Alabama mass shooting that killed four injured 32. We also talked about, talked about how the Writers Guild of Association of America is going on strike. That means that your TV shows that y'all love may not be getting new episodes. Also, we talked about does apology equate to accountability? You talked about your mom going to therapy, which we're happy about. Yes, we are happy about that. We love growth at no matter what age. They say you can't teach your old broad new tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Texas, they passed um, the Crown Act in their house, which would ban hair discrimination, like housing, the workplace, and in schools. So we talked about all these things and more. We even did a little skitch Mm -hmm. about revealing the lies and fabrications and frauds and scandals of Speaker Sexton in Tennessee. So make sure if you missed any part of the show, you check it out wherever you get your podcasts at The Amanda Seals Show. Also, you can stay connected with us on social media at Seal Said It. And keep them calls coming, 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6. Now, coming up on Thursday's show, black doctors apparently can increase black life expectancy. Yeah, there was a survey done and baby, it's up, it's up, it's up, and it's stuck. Plus, Marcus Houston says 40-year-old women had too much baggage for him. Is that what it was? And we'll have another round of politicians say the darndest things. And the big up let down. All that and more on The Amanda Seals Show. Remember, we are each other's business. When we look out for each other, we lift each other up. We'll catch y'all tomorrow. Say bye, Jeremiah, like the Bible. Bye, guys. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up.